Hey, podcast listeners, if you like what you hear, go to dead-celebs.com. Our YouTube, Facebook, Instagram links are there, and so much more. That's dead-celebs.com. Welcome to the Dead Celebs Podcast. This is episode number four. Tonight, we're going to talk about Whitney Houston. Welcome Mm. to the Dead Celebs Podcast with your hosts, Brent Novak and Tana Satterley. Hello, Tana. How are you? I'm good, Brent. How are you? I'm doing real well. I'm doing real well. So we have a lot of work to do with Whitney Houston, don't we? We do. A big life and tragic end. Mm-hmm. And we will talk about her daughter. I think we decided to do a whole other podcast on her. But we're going to kick stuff off right away. And uh, the new segment we added last week was, are they dead or are they still living? Basically, we are going to talk about some celebrities who are either dead or alive. Tana's going to try to guess who they are and if they're dead or if they're alive. (laughs) So first and foremost, we're going to take a look at this woman. So uh, this is Jane Goodall. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with Jane Goodall? Yes. Humanitarian. What do you think Um, about Jane Goodall? Is she she with us today or no? I think she I think she did pass. No, she is alive. And she's actually coming to Charleston. That's why I thought of that. She's alive at the age of 89. So I'm so sorry, Jane. (laughs) She's coming to Charleston and she's going to be speaking soon. So if anyone in South Carolina would like to meet Miss Jane Goodall, she is coming soon if she can make it uh, to that time. But yes, she's alive today at 89. And I thought when I saw her coming, I'm like, that's a good one. I like that. It's actor James Cromwell. He's probably best okay. known for the movie uh, Babe and Babe in the City. He plays yes. the farmer on Babe. He's, mm-hmm. he's an excellent actor. So yes, he's been in yes. quite a bit. So. Sure. Okay. Um, so James Cromwell, is he alive or is he dead? I think he's alive. You are right. He's okay. alive and he's 83 years old. Good so for well him. Done. Yeah. We're, um, Yay. You're one for two so far. One for two. One for two. <laughs> All right. How about this this lady oh, right here? Julie Andrews. Julie oh, Andrews. Yep. I love her. And yes, she's alive. She is. Julie Andrews is still alive and she's I would remember if she amazing. passed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, she's still alive and kicking and, and looking pretty darn good. So yeah. uh, let's stick with that same theme. Oh, uh, Dick, Dick Van Dyke. Van That's right. Is Dick oh. Van Dyke alive or dead? If he is has not passed, he's very old. I feel like I just recently saw a picture of him. I he's very old. He, if he I think he's if still. He, I think he's still alive. He, that's my final answer. He's okay, alive. I gave, it, I gave it away. He's ninety-seven. He is still yes, alive. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Bless his heart. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, two more. We've got two more. Okay. We're going to do six. So um, okay. This is John Hurt. He's, uh, okay. I think he won an Academy Award for the movie 1984 oh. based on the very, very popular novel. Um, I th- I'm going to guess that he's dead. He's dead. I, gosh, I didn't put down the year. I don't know why. January 25th. I think it was 2017. He died at 77. It's oh, very interesting. That's young. This man looks like he's like 85. Doesn't he look older? Not to, <sighs> he not to lived rip a on... long. Yeah. 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 He, he seems like he's had a a worn life yeah he he had some fun maybe (laughs) he did there you go he got some sun yeah all right last but not least this all these are as of today's date which is july 26 2023 in case you're watching and dick van dyke passes away tomorrow 
You'd be like, oh, Dick I Van Dyke not. died. I hope not, too. I, I want to see Dick um, get to 100. Yes. All right, last one. Okay. Um, Shelly Duvall. I think she's still alive. She is. She's 74 years old. So okay. she's still alive that? today. But she Good. hasn't acted in anything. That's what throw the little wrench in for that. A lot of alive people we talked about today. I thought, mm-hmm. uh, lighten it up with some, with some yeah. lively lives. Or- some lively lives. More happy, more happiness on that. Yay. This is Brent. I want to talk to you about my other podcast I do with this guy, Dan. What's it about? More celebrity talk. Are they or were they ever a star? Good question. Dan and I will go into IMDb, check out their movies, check out their budget, when they were famous, when they weren't, when they flopped. All of it. All of it. Check it out. Are they or were they ever a star? So let's get into the next segment of the show. Who recently passed away? Oh, dang you. His name Lassie Wallander. Famous guitarist of the Swedish group ABBA. Died at the age of 70, having been diagnosed with cancer a short time ago. His name is Michael Lerner. He died April 8th. Died at the age of 81. He will remember him for the work in such film as Hill Street Blues, which the TV show was based on. Barton Fink, and which was nominated for an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. Mary Quant. She lived to be 93. And oh, she's wow. from she's a British designer. She is popular for creating the miniskirt. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought okay. that was interesting, right? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I took out a lot of celebrities I wasn't really familiar with. This man, his name is Moonbin. There were so many young celebrities that committed suicide <gasps> in this month. And Moonbin was one of them. Uh, there was a, a volleyball player who jumped out of her window of her hotel room. She was oh, 18 years old. Just really tragic. A couple of musicians. Uh, Mm. The body of K-pop star Moon Ben was found in his home by his representative. According to Korean media, he would have taken his own life. The idol from the group Astro was only 25 years old. So uh, I will put at the end of this uh, suicide hotline, you still need it. And we've all been there. I've been there. It's tough. Sometimes love Mm -hmm. is harder than it should be. Harry Belafonte, actor, singer, and activist. Harry Belafonte died at the age of 96 from congestive heart failure with with him, the world of entertainment and popular culture lost a civil rights icon. So his daughter, Adrienne Beesmeyer, lives in Lewisburg, West Virginia. I went to school while she was a few years older than me with her daughter. So his granddaughter uh, was a few years ahead of me in school. So did you ever run into her and say, oh, you're a Belafonte, aren't you? No, no, no. Actually, I don't know that I ever really had any interactions with her, but her mom was an artist. And in fact, I was in a production of The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, and I played the unicorn. And Adrian actually made and created this unicorn head for me that was so beautiful that like at the end, all the kids wanted to take pictures with me because I was the pretty one. (laughs) She is a fabulous artist. I guess that talent of being an artist runs in the family. Last but not least, a television icon. Oh, Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer. This attorney and TV host, best known for his long-running, eyebrow-raising talk show, Jerry Springer. He made nearly 5,000 episodes of the program in which guests sometimes got physical between 1991 and 2018. At Randall, 2018? Wait, so he was an attorney? Yeah, I guess he's an attorney. Oh, I didn't know that part. I didn't know that either. Springer died at the age of 79 after a short illness from pancreatic cancer. Those were our celebrities that died Mm. April of 2023. 
Check out our sister podcast, Talk Murder to Me. Step into the captivating world of true crime with an unexpected twist of humor. With John's compelling narrative and Jen and Nicole's amazing banter, this podcast offers an entertaining and unique approach to true crime storytelling. Talk Murder to Me can be found on any podcast platform, also streaming live Saturdays on YouTube. Briefly before we start, opinion on her life. Do you do you have anything you want to say before we, we get cooking? And- I just think she was just a very, very talented individual with a lot of talent and a lot of fame. Addiction is very powerful. It's just tragic that she succumbed to that. She produced so much great music that I will always remember. I have several of her albums. I've I just remember singing along, you know, in high school and just a very talented, very talented individual. She just brightened up a stage, didn't she? She did. Really did. She did. Gorgeous yeah. smile. <laughs> yeah. So Miss Whitney Houston was born in New Jersey back in 1963. Her mom, Sissy, was a backup singer and a gospel singer. She uh, was cousins with Dionne Warwick. It looks like she took off and had a little modeling career when she was 17 years old. And she was one of the black mod- first black models on the cover of 17 magazine. She was close with her mom, with her family. And um, she had a lot of strong female gospel singers that influenced her. Uh, Roberta Flack, Aretha Franklin, of course, her cousin, Dionne Warwick, and her mom, Sissy Houston, um, I think that really helped shape her. And she began singing in choir when she was very young at church. And that was that was their life. Gosh, it seemed like her mom was kind of the manager. She said to Whitney, do you, you sure you want to do this? I think she knew that there was going to be, this wasn't going to be that easy. Yeah, she did do a lot of backup singing in her teens. Wanted to, you know, make a go of it full time. But her mom said, no, you need to finish high school. Her first song was Life is a Party on 1978's Mike Zager Band's album. Mm-hmm. She was only 14 years old and she had lead lyrics on that. Her mom is also credited as a backup singer on that album too. I think what happened was, according to Zager, is that they were short backup singers and the mom said, well, I've got my daughter. And Mm -hmm. he's like, well, let's hear her sing. And she knocked it out of the park. The album has the hit, Let's All Chant. That's the one she's in. I listened to the song. It's not very good. I can kind of hear it. She's she's sort of the main voice in it, sort of not. Also singing backup for Shaka Khan in her 1978 hit, I'm Every Woman, which, of course, she covered later on. Oh, nice little tidbit. I I like like that that. song, too. Yeah, me too. I don't think I've ever heard the original. Have you? I don't think I have either. And I don't guess I realized that was not her song. (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You you know, that's probably the same thing that happens to this generation, too. Is Mm, that same? Yeah. I didn't realize that that was a Beatles song, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, Clyde. Davis finds her at the Sweetwater Club in New Jersey mm-hmm. singing uh, with her mom. There are some really odd rumors around this time. Her cousin, Dee Dee, possibly molesting Whitney. And these are these are rumors. None of this is confirmed. Whitney have never came out and said it. But there was a lot of talk amongst the family about that potentially happening. Not to focus too much on that. She becomes friends with Robin Crawford. And eventually mm-hmm. Crawford becomes her personal assistant. Again, more rumors. There's rumors that those two are dating and Bobby Brown Mm. later does say that Whitney was bi and she had a relationship with Robin. Mm. She is discovered on Merv Griffin in uh, 1983. She goes on and sings the song Home at the ripe old age 
of 19 years mm -hmm. old. Where she was officially signed by Arista Records that year. Her debut album, self-titled Whitney Houston, it sells 3 million copies in the first year and it won her her first of six Grammy. So the 80s are, are very good to Whitney. She comes out with that album you talked about. She comes out with her next album. MTV is digging Miss Whitney Houston. I mean, she has the most American Music Awards ever. Like she holds the record, 26 in total. So those first two albums just crank out the hits. And she is beloved until the 1989 Soul Train Awards. The rumor has it that she is being booed. A young Bobby Brown stands up and is applauding her. And after the show, tells her how great she is and not to worry about it. Mm -hmm. So this all happens in 1989. That is really going to change her life by mm -hmm. meeting this Mr. Bobby Brown. A lot of rumors spread that Bobby is the reason she starts on drugs. And there's interviews after her death. And it sounds like a family member is the one that got her started. Mm -hmm. And Bobby probably just was the gas on the fire yes. more so than anything. So her and Bobby start dating. She is goo goo over Mr. Brown and he's different than anybody else. Yeah. She said that he treated her different than everyone else did. He treated her like a regular girl. Her fame level had risen so much that it's hard to date anybody because they just treated her like a celebrity, maybe intimidated. And how can you not? She right. is stunning, like mm -hmm. just stunning in her presence. I wouldn't know how to act. You almost have to act like you don't care. He had his own thing going and he was probably, yeah, probably had a little bit of ego. He was fairly popular. Uh, we're talking 1989, you know, mm -hmm. a couple years earlier he's doing, and maybe it might even be 89. He's doing the Ghostbusters 2 soundtrack. And you're right. He is on top of the world. Uh, why not go after the, the biggest diva? But little did he know that he would fall and she would continue to rise. 1992, Whitney's acting chops begin as she stars in a critically acclaimed with Kevin Costner, Bodyguard. Great movie. Great soundtrack too. Was it a fan favorite because it was a relationship that wasn't supposed to be? The sense of what you couldn't have, but you should because it makes you happy. It really was a great date movie, especially for us <laughs> approaching 18 at the time. Mm -hmm. Gen X, right? <laughs> Gen X. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I Will Love You is a huge success. And fun tidbit about that song, originally by Dolly Parton, um, used some of the royalties she earned from Whitney's cover of I Will Always Love You to invest in an office complex in a black neighborhood in Nashville, Tennessee. Good for Dolly. Since we're in the Southeast, have you been to Dollywood? I have not. It's on my bucket list, though. <laughs> it is on mine, too. 1993 is a big year. Right after The Bodyguard, she marries Bobby Brown. She also has Bobby Christina, her daughter. So a lot going on and it feels like at the american music awards in 94 is whitney's personal and career peak as everything is just kind of going her way let me know if you have anything from from 94 to 2000 because i'm sorry it's going to start to get bleak you know and speaking of bleak i hate to even mention it but it just kind of goes to show you know, the heartache that she endured, you know, obviously they had one daughter, Bobby Christina, but she suffered three miscarriages in her relationship with Bobby Brown. Dealing with that and being in the public eye couldn't right. have been easy. She actually had one of them. The first one was during the bodyguard filming. Oh. So there is drugs going on at this point. Whitney is known to have done drugs earlier in her life and mm -hmm. Bobby's doing drugs. You're in the eighties and you're going in the nineties. Eighties was a time for cocaine. So we're approaching 94. There isn't a lot of 
bad about Whitney at this point. Is Preacher's Wife during this time? It's 96. That was that was a great movie too, by the way. Oh my goodness. I think that soundtrack is even better than The Bodyguard. I like to listen to it Christmas time. Of course, the movie's set around Christmas and it's a beautiful love story that shouldn't be, but yeah, I won't spoil it for those who haven't seen it. So she does two really nice, deep, romantic <laughs> romantic movies and i gotta think things are going pretty well we start to get into the new decade oh she's to perform at the 2000 oscars the producers and everybody including burt bacharach who we talked about on a previous episode who recently passed away this year decided she wasn't up to snuff so she doesn't things are going to get crazily worse from there in 2001 whitney is asked to do but it's a michael jackson 30th anniversary special okay. and she sings on stage and she looks like this oh she is thin she is not healthy and her friends are worried about her so this is the first time that mm. we really get a look at whitney and possibly what she's going through we don't really know but then diane sawyer says i'd like to talk to you and on diane sawyer mm -hmm. she talks about crack being whack i have money i can afford more than crack i mean just very strange reaction to that basically she just she was admitting to everything else just not crack another legal battle with her father do you still have that up what he sued i don't but he okay. i think it was a hundred million dollars breach of contract i think that you know there were some negotiations that he facilitated that he felt he was entitled to compensation for and unfortunately about a year into all of this, he passed away. So the lawsuit was dismissed. How sad. That's the end of his life that he's in the midst of a legal battle with his daughter. Terrible. Terrible for both. To have your dad only care about money. Maybe he needed it. I guess there's two sides to every story too. Yeah. You know? Be 2003, she does a Wendy Williams interview. Her and Wendy Williams are going at it. And uh, she is yelling at Wendy for being involved in her life. Full interview is online if you want to search for Wendy Williams. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a radio interview. It's heartbreaking how angry mm. she is. Close to this time, Bobby goes to jail for 60 days for hitting her. And mm. she is ecstatic when he comes out. This is a, there's a lot of footage online where she jumps into his arms. Like it's the greatest thing ever seen. He just went in there for punching you in the face. I guess she forgave him. It would appear so. <laughs> 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 yeah. 2005 brings along the cusp of reality reality tv is in full effect being bobby brown comes to airways near you and we see everything from whitney and bobby i read that the network would not agree to do the show unless whitney appeared in it and Bobby was begged her basically to do it. That was kind of his thing to get back into the game and get back out there and be seen. The second season didn't get picked up because uh, she didn't she didn't want to be a part of it. You know, I did see a clip of that. They were at lunch, I think. It was outdoors, you know, nice weather. She had a scarf on and sunglasses, making a scene about people recognizing her and bothering her when in fact they really weren't. She was just kind of like yes, I'm here. I'm famous. Or, you know, it was just like, she was just making a big scene about it when she really didn't have to. And it's so interesting too, because I've been on a couple reality shows, game shows, and they tell you if it gets boring, they're like, you know what? This conversation's boring. Can you go back to something that worked before? Or, yeah. you know, so maybe. they, they do, mm -hmm. they do lead you. So maybe they were having a nice dinner and they're like, Hey, Whitney, you want to have some fun with the people or something, you know? So, so 2007, Bobby and Whitney, 
they end. Their divorce is final. Uh, let's take a look at what's going on in the Grammy party and the death of Whitney Houston as we mm -hmm. approach February 11th, 2012. Set to be one of the guests of honor at Clive Davis. Davis's party. <laughs> I wanted to call him Clive Barker. I don't even know who Clive Barker is. She's, she's supposed to sing there. She's supposed to sing there, right? Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right. Yeah. She is partying pretty hard. Friends mm -hmm. have seen her do handstands at the hotel pool and she's drinking heavily. You know, prior to coming to LA for the Grammys, she had been at her home in Atlanta okay. for a while. And they, they said that she had been out of rehab for about nine months and she was basically keeping to herself and not going out. So coming out to LA, it was her first time in LA for a long time. It was her first time out and, and about, and she just got caught up in all of that fun. She goes to Clyde Davis who's in an e-entertainment interview with, it looks like Brandy and Monica. Okay. So mm -hmm. Monica and Brandy, they both only have one name. So yes. we know who they are. <laughs> 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 on stage left was Madonna and Prince, but yes. no, they weren't. She is very erratic. If you see the video, she's touchy feely. People are saying that she smells like smoke and booze. She hands Brandy a note. I do not know what's in that note. Conspiracy theorists say that she was telling Brandy, they're going to drown me. But oh, wow. That's, that's an interesting conspiracy. That's a very, that's a very interesting conspiracy. And remember, conspiracies are fun. She, she goes to a Kelly Prince party at the True Nightclub and she gets in a fight with a singer from The X Factor, I think, because she was looking at Whitney's boyfriend or the guy she was with. And Ray J. A, yeah. Ray J. Okay. So there's a, there's an altercation. Do you know anything else about that? Not really about the altercation, but what I remember most about that evening was that she ended up getting on stage and singing with Kelly Price and, and leading Jesus Loves Me. And that would go on record as her last public performance. I actually saw a clip of it and it, it was sad because she was off key and she sounded terrible. And I hate to even say that because I love her, but it was just not a pretty sight. I mean, this is leading to the death. So you are yes. coming to the bottom. That's yeah. really where yeah. we're approaching. So really not much you can find that's, that's promising at this point. The day of the death. February 11th, 2012, Clive is set to have a party that night where Whitney's going to sing. It's about 3.30 in the afternoon. And the personal assistant is Mary Jones. And mm -hmm. she finds Whitney's body in the tub. She's face down. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing about this is that the water level was so warm that six hours later, when they did at nine o'clock, they tested how warm the water was. At that point, it was still 93 degrees. Oh, which wow. is super, super hot. It, it must have been a tub that was able to self-heat. They didn't empty it because they just wanted to check mm -hmm. for maybe blood or a sign of a struggle. So she's found face down in her tub. There are some notes on this that say it's a possible seizure. If this is how she died, an overdose of some sort, that the seizure caused her not to fall back, but to fall forward. Now, mm -hmm. the conspiracy theorists say that she was pushed down. And there is a sign of struggle. She does have bumps on the left side mm -hmm. of her face and around her nose, but it could have been during the seizure where she mm -hmm. hit her face. Abrasions on, on both the nose and the forehead. I don't know. You know, just piecing together everything that I read. So she had uh, cocaine, Xanax, Flexeril, 
alcohol, all of this was found in her system. So we know, you know, Xanax and Flexeril is like, um, I believe it's a muscle relaxer. What I've pieced together is that that combination of what she took put her in such a relaxed state. She was basically passed out. And when she approached the tub that she was getting ready to get in, maybe she slipped, whatever, however she fell, if it was a seizure, and that's when she hit her head. And so her falling in the water would cause all the water to be on the floor. So if if some say that might be a struggle, well, if she falls in it by accident and splashes the water on the floor, that would that would be the reason the water's on the floor. But they also, they say she had fatty liver, they, she had emphysema, she had a perforated nasal septum. So all these different things, which by the way, the emphysema, I guess I didn't realize that she was a smoker and that she was that heavy of a smoker. Mm-hmm. And that makes me even more sad. You know, I have friends that are very talented singers and, and they smoke and it just, it breaks my heart because it's like, you have such a gift, you know, in your voice. Why would you, I would never do that and ruin that instrument. She just had a lot of health things going on and the alcohol and the drugs and smoking, all of that combined. It was just like a culmination of everything, maybe. Any way you spin it, any way you look at it, it is um, definitely a tragedy. And sad that no one else was there by the time mary jones gets the bodyguard which is the body where is the bodyguard at this point i don't know you'd think he'd be outside the door or in the living room or in a different room but he was one of the first people to try to give her cpr i heard a couple 911 calls and they were very calm and i don't know if it's the hotel calling who's actually making the phone call because if it's a hotel they're like a 48 year old woman we need somebody right away. They don't have any emotional connection to it, right? Right. And, um, but it is it is the time of cell phones too? So I'm surprised that you call the hotel and then they call. Right. And I, I'm a little surprised because I did hear a little clip of that call too that they didn't call her by name. I mean, I guess they're being professional, but I, I mean, just because she is such a name. Yeah. Well, it, it is Los Angeles too, where if, if you remember mm. Anna Nicole Smith, hers was they literally said it's Anna Nicole Smith over the, over the line, but that oh, was yeah. also in Hollywood, Florida, where mm-hmm. there's not as many celebrities. So it's, it's yeah. like, well, we know, we know this is going to be in the news, even though, I don't know, I guess, you know, Whitney's going to be in the news too. But, right. Um, I didn't know what a nasal septum perforated nasal perforated. septum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that was. And I realized that the lining in between your nostrils mm-hmm. is gone. So if you didn't know what that was and had to Google it, because I did, that shocks me that you do that much cocaine disintegrated a piece yeah. of your nose. Like when is it, it's going to start coming out that, you know, wow. Right. Yeah. That hurts. Just thinking about it. I mean, right, hurts just thinking about it. So according to autopsy, it wasn't heart disease. It wasn't enough evidence, at least according to a small clip that I saw, they find her. She is dead. There is no reviving her this night coming up. Clive Davis is set to have a party where Whitney is going to sing and the party goes on and it doesn't go yeah. on somberly. It goes on from eyewitness accounts. Pretty intense. That's a little gross to me. I just think that they could have handled that a lot better. It shouldn't have gone on. You know, several different celebrities said that with her lying upstairs because they waited till the middle of the night to take her body. I, I just can't imagine. Okay. So I'm at this hotel and I'm partying with all these people and there's dead bo- I mean, like a, not even a dead body. This is Whitney Houston. We're talking about. This isn't just some random 
crackhead. Yeah, right, right. It's, <laughs> a, it's a dead friend. It's somebody that was supposed yes. to be featured. It's almost like saying we're we're still gonna have a, a birth an anniversary party, but the the groom passed away. You right. Know? I am a conspiracy theorist, and I like to investigate all aspects of potential because the one so far I don't really see any foul play in anybody we talked about. This one maybe. If you ask me, did Kurt Cobain kill himself? I'm gonna tell you flat out. I think he was murdered. That's my opinion on what I saw and what I believe. This one, I don't know enough, but I do want to investigate the daughter because there are some ties and connections to the two of them, the way they died, Mm -hmm. who is possibly involved with the deaths. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean I believe it a hundred percent. I wouldn't be shocked if, if there was no foul play. I wouldn't be shocked if there was. So Larry King is interviewing Clive. He asks him, did you think for a second that you shouldn't have this party? And Clive responded very quickly and said, no, I never thought about not having the party. And uh, Shaka Khan was stated on CNN that it was complete insanity that it went through. But she was also a good friend of Whitney's too as well. That to me feels weird. And when something feels weird, I want to know more. I do want to go back to Whitney's death when we talk about her daughter. So we can make that a more meaty episode because she didn't have the career Whitney did. So after her death, Whitney's brother, Michael, admits on Oprah that he is the one to introduce her to drugs. And I think Tana and I both agree. It doesn't matter what her sexuality was. Doesn't, I don't care. Since we're here to learn more about somebody who passed away, that um, if she did have a relationship with her close friend and personal assistant, mom was asked by Oprah on a later interview in that same interview where brother Michael admitted about the drugs. She said, how would you have handled if Whitney would have told you that she was a lesbian and mom said, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have accepted that from her. Mm. So, so more sadness that uh, she was hiding in, you know, a lot of people have said that she had to be somebody different. They even made her more light skin for some earlier videos. So she was battling being black and it showed in the, the people's reception to her that the blacks weren't accepting her this whole train mm. music awards where she met Bobby Brown. And so now, even if she was gay, her mom's not accepting her. So treat your treat your children well, you know? Yeah. As far as after her death, um, her mom, Sissy Houston, wrote a book, Remembering Whitney. This one part about the doorbell that I wanted to share. So upon hearing the death of her daughter, global superstar Whitney Houston, Sissy Houston's life was changed forever. While the world had lost an iconic artist, Houston had lost her own beloved child. Remembering Whitney, Sissy Houston looks back at her daughter's life and the tragic loss she continues to feel. Here's an excerpt. It was the middle of the afternoon on a Sunday when I heard my doorbell ring. I wasn't expecting anyone and walking to the door, I felt a little irritated about a surprise visit. But when I opened it, no one was there. So I shut the door and went back to whatever I was doing. Who would be ringing my bell and disappearing in the middle of the day? My apartment building had a doorman and it wasn't like people were just dropping by all the time. Not long after I heard that bell ring again, I got up and went to answer it and it really irritated me now. But again, no one was there. Now, this just didn't make sense. Why would someone be messing with me like this? I called down to the front desk. Has anyone come up to see me? I asked the concierge. No, Mrs. Houston, he said. I haven't seen anyone on the cameras either. Well, then who was ringing my bell? Not long after that, around 6 or 6.30 in the evening, my phone rang. When I picked it up, all I could hear was screaming. Oh, mommy, it's nippy. It's nippy. It was my own son, Gary, on the line, and he was hysterical. Gary, what's wrong? It's nippy, he said again. They found her. Found her where? 
They found her upstairs, he cried. They found her upstairs and I'm, I'm not going back up there. Gary, what happened? I snapped, frightened now. You've got to tell me what's wrong. He never did say what had happened. Maybe because he didn't know exactly or maybe because he was just in shock. He just kept mumbling, oh, mommy, 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 until I finally said, Gary, is she dead? And he said, yes, mommy, she's dead. And that was the moment my whole world was shattered. And that was Sissy Houston from the book that she wrote, Remembering Whitney. Very, very sad indeed. And you just know that was Whitney ringing her doorbell. I mean, talk about conspiracy, but (laughs) maybe that's just her way of saying hi or saying bye, whatever you want to think, you know. Absolutely. And that's that's not a conspiracy as much as it is right. a, a spiritual a spiritual yes. connection between a daughter and a mom. Absolutely. Know? Yes. So. And Whitney, I will always love you. Oh, that's super sweet. <laughs> well, my name's Brent Novak. Who and I'm Tana Satterley. Thanks for listening to the Dead Celebs podcast, the final curtain call. Thank you. Have a great day. For a legal disclaimer, please visit www.dead-celebs.com. The Actor Factor brings the industry knowledge to you firsthand from professionals, including working actors, directors, managers, and more. Find it anywhere podcasts are streamed. If you're thinking about suicide or worried about a friend or loved one, would like emotional support, the Suicide Lifeline Network is available 24-7 across the United States. It's free and confidential. Just dial 988.